Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 5. The title is Blind, or in Germany it is called At the Edge of the Abyss. The IMDb user synopsis is... High school freshman Simon desperately looks for a new image, but clothes nor hairstyle do the trick, so he ends up with an earring. Matt is puzzled when a girl he approaches in the library calls her brother's help against him as stalker after hearing he once dated Heather. Mary breaks every rule and promise when babysitting for Hank by taking in Francis's baby so her friend can spy on Johnny, but the Camden parents' pool night just makes the real... For all concerned unpleasant difference, when Eric blindly assumes Johnny to be an abusive adulterer, while Frankie rather trapped him. What? It was. It made sense until... The very end. Until the Camden parents' pool night just there makes the real. Um, so... Frankie, he is an adulterer, though. Right, right. And I mean, he, Frankie, is abu- he does try to hit... Yeah, I don't understand... All right. Well, what was your first impression? Um, my first impression was remarkable hair in this episode. Uh, all the Camdens. The sarcasm. Yes. Remarkable. Terrible. Terrible. Remarkably well, awful. Well, yes, exactly. Um, all the Camdens, except for Mary and I want to say Lucy, had really weird hair going on. And well, the Rev and Annie just had their normal. Well, right. Like, not that Annie's hair ever really looks like, like, not that the Rev Annie's hair ever really looks that great, so. Um, but we also, some of the guest stars also had interesting hair choices. Um, yeah, that's really what my first impression was, everybody's hair. Which tells you a lot about this episode. Um, there was other stuff you, s- alright, well, anyway, um, so we will start, start with the cold open. Uh-huh. Uh, I forget what happened in the cold open. So we start with Matt in the library where oh, yes. he starts chatting up um, a girl that we find out her name is Kim. Who I thought was Shauna at first because from the of, side. Um, she has like short blonde hair. Um, yes, and her hair actually matches a lot with uh, Matt's hairstyle. Barry Watson seems to be experimenting with his hair <laughs> recently. He's doing different things with it, so... You, we, th- we thought there was a bead in it? Um, no, we didn't think. There was definitely a bead in it. We just don't understand why. So maybe he had, like, a single braid at the back of his head? Maybe he went on vacation somewhere <laughs> and just got back. He went to, like, Jamaica right. and got one single braid. Who knows? Um... Maybe he's going through a phase. Tell, let us know, Barry Watson. What is up with you? Um, and uh, Kim finds out that uh, Matt's name is Matt Camden. Um, well, she knew, or doesn't she say, like, oh, she's like, Matt Camden, you dated Heather Kane, right? And he's like, yes, I did. And then I guess he's like, oh, you do look, you, yeah. Do you want to go for a coffee? Uh, like, do you want to take a break? And as soon as she kind of puts two and two together that Matt is Matt Camden and that Matt used to date Heather, she kind of, like, shuts him down. She's like, oh, I don't think so. And she puts her head ba- headphones back on. Um, then we go back to the Camden house where, like, Annie and the Reverend, like, making the bed or something. No, 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 they're at the kitchen table. And Ruthie is, like, kind of begging Annie to be able to have a sleepover um, either that day or the next day. Um, and... And he's just like, it isn't a good time. I can't watch you. Blah, blah, blah. 
I forget exactly why Annie says it's not a good... Because Ruthie has two best friends that have never met. Like, presumably... One of them is from her old school, the public school, and one of them is from the new school, the private school. So she really wants them to all hang out, and she thinks it's going to be great. And all of her friends... You know, her she wants all of her friends to meet. So Lucy volunteers to, um, like, mo- like, just supervise the sleepover. So Annie's like, okay, yes, good. Lucy also goes a step further... Um because this is, I think, her new, like, character now, somebody who is being more family-oriented, family is saying that I not only will I take care of Ruthie's sleepover, but I will also take care of Sam and David. You go ahead and do what you need to do. Have a day off. You and Dad have a day off. Um, and the final thing... Yeah, I don't even understand. They didn't even have anything to do. They're just like, oh, we can get out of the house. Um... So anyway, and then... The final thing is Aunt Julie calls, and uh, apparently Aunt Julie... Uh, Hank is moving offices. Hank needs help, and so that means they need a babysitter for baby Erica. Um, and because uh, Mary is currently in between jobs, as she has been for since the beginning of season five. Yeah, well, I... F- Annie says something, like, they don't come right out and ask Mary. Mm-hmm. Annie says something about, like, oh, I don't know, Lucy can't do it or whatever. She's already... Um, and Mary's like, oh, I can babysit. Um, I'm broke. I would love to. Like, let me talk to her. So Eric and Annie are, are like, oh, what do you mean you're broke? And Aunt Julie's like, I don't really trust you um, right now because of the shit you've been getting into. Um, but Mary basically says... Hey, like, let me prove to you that I'm a responsible person. Give me a chance. And Aunt Julie kind of says, okay, yeah, let's do this. Um, But obviously that is the fatal setup for everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Um, And that's the cold open for you. Yeah. So we're going to start with Matt. Yeah. Whose storyline really picks up. Well, he storms into his apartment and being the entitled asshole that he is, he declares to John that Heather must be out, like, spreading, like, telling people bad things about him because he asked out um, Kim, and she said no, and there's no other reason why someone wouldn't want to go out with him, apparently, unless Heather was out there spreading lies. Um, And John says, like, or she just didn't want to go out with you. Always a voice of reason, uh, but Matt obviously can't, you know think about being rejected in any way, shape, or form. So he decides to go on a crusade to try to get on Kim's good side. This begins first with an off-screen venture to see if Heather's <laughs> home because they could not pay the actress that pays Heather to appear in this episode. Um, this is just... Speculation. Yes. We don't know that. Um, I, well, they, they were, we've had more um, scenes, like more um, sets and stuff, so I don't think it really was a budget thing. Maybe they just... Maybe she just didn't want to come back. Um, so Heather's not home. So he's like, I guess, but what I did do was I went to the library, and the library ended up giving Matt Kim's phone number, <laughs> even though Kim's number was unlisted. Um, so he ends up calling Kim. Kim's like, what the fuck, dude? Why do you have my number? Please leave me alone. And Matt's like, I just want to talk. But Kim's kind of like, I don't want to talk to you. And you, as a normal person might see that as a sign is, I guess I should stop trying to speak to this woman. Matt doesn't. Matt goes one step further. <laughs> and goes to her home. Yeah. In the creepiest of all moves. Yes. 
Um, and when he gets there, a man comes to the door. Uh, he um, is like, hi, are you Matt? Be- my sister or whatever doesn't want to see you or she told me about you. Uh, and he's like, oh, I didn't realize Kim lived with her brother. He was like, no, I don't live here. She's afraid of you and th- thought you were going to show up. So uh, I like, please leave her alone. You're harassing her. You're being a creepy stalker. And Matt's like, I just want to talk, like, repeatedly, even though, like, there is now another person there telling you that you are doing something wrong. He's like, no, I just want to talk to her. And he's like, uh, so the brother, Kim's brother, ends up divulging that Kim's blind, that she has um, something called RP, uh, which means that she's slowly going blind. Yeah, I forget what they said it stood for, but... Uh, yeah, I don't want to, like... Uh, like, say the medi- like the diagnosis, but RP is, like, the abbreviation... Um, I think it's like retinal pigmentous, pigmentous. Pigment, yeah. Um, sorry, if we're retinal something. Yeah. That's right. That's the R. Um, but basically, that she started not being able to see at night quite well, and then when she went to the doctor, she found out that she's slowly losing her eyesight, and there's a chance that she'll go completely blind. She can see well in bright lights, but she can't see well in the nighttime or in the dark. Um, I don't know. Somehow, Matt like weasels his way into Kim's home. Um, because the next next scene we have with Matt is Kim and him having, like, a talk about what RP is. And then Matt's like, oh, I can still date you if you're blind. Right, and he's like, well, she says, she was like, I was just concerned when I found out who you were because I thought maybe you had, like, a thing for dating, like, girls with disabilities. And that she was like, that was, like, weird. Um... And when Matt says, no, that's not it at all, I'm not into girls with disabilities, I'm just into girls, Kim's still like, I'm still kind of uncomfortable with you. Um, And they, like, Matt tries to find a way to still be in in her life, which is kind of really, like, fuckboy-ovey of him. Right, because he already, like, we know that he is, does he want to be friends with her? Well, he (sighs) says, I can't be friends with you, but maybe we can be study partners. Right. And she's like, I don't feel comfortable studying with you now that I know that you can't be friends with me. Right. And, like, I don't want to be dating you. But for some reason, this is enough. Like, they, I don't, like, they come to some sort of understanding because the next time we see Matt, he's, like, comes home from, uh, comes home and, like, John's like, oh, what happened? And he's like, she's just blind. And he's, like, happy. So I don't know. I don't know. It's all very strange. I just... What they should have focused on in this episode was Matt's bead in his hair, and they did not do that, so I feel like this was a missed opportunity. (laughs) The bead in the hair. Well, anyway, I have nothing to say. Again, he's just... I don't know why they continue to give Matt storylines when there was really no place for it in this episode. It was just, like, a little bit strange. Um... Yeah, they didn't... They, he, his storyline related to nothing. nothing. I guess other than the fact that the title of the episode is Blind, blind. and this So they girl wanted to go was, as literal as possible. But I still don't... I don't yeah. like that they did that. <laughs> um, so something we've noticed, actually, with episode titles... I was going to mention this later on in the season, but I feel like I can just say this now. Yeah. This season, almost every single episode is one word. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been keeping track, but every single one is just one word, and we've never seen that happen before. And we looked ahead, and I think it continues for, I think maybe at the end there's one or two that have multiple words, but yeah, usually they're like, I don't want to say long, but... They're phrases. They're usually phrases, or like, some like sort of like weird pun on a song lyric, or a famous thing, or saying, or something. But these are all very much like blunt phrases, like blunt words, I'm sorry. 
Um, so we'll move on now to Simon's storyline, uh, which I actually didn't mind at all because I thought it is pretty much in character with what we see of young Simon. I think one of my complaints previously was that everything Simon's doing seems out of character now that he's like a teenager. It doesn't seem like it's progressing the right way. But this episode, I feel like, was Simon on track. Um, yeah, so we see him, again, like continuity errors, I guess. Um, last we heard, Simon was miserable at high school because he couldn't talk to Jim anymore because of the TP incident. But now, he's back on the phone with Jim, and they're plotting for a way to, like, he wants to be more manly. Um, he wants to be a cool guy. So throughout the episode, we see him, like, changing up his hair, changing up his style. Everything he does is just wrong. He, like, cuts off the sleeves of, like, one of his church shirts to try to be cool. He slicks back his hair. He tries, like, parting his hair, like, in the middle. Then he tries parting his hair on the side. Everything is just not working. Um, He does not want to go as far as getting a tattoo, but he does want to do something that's, like, super cool and manly. Um, So Jim comes up with an idea. Yeah. Uh, Jim has a cousin. Yeah. Who... (laughs) I don't know how he met this person, um, but he, well, other than it's like his cousin, but it's like not, it does not seem like his cousin, um, who has a, he doesn't tell him right up front, does he? No, he's, he's like, like, just meet us at this address. And then the next thing we see is that Simon is in like a tattoo chair, piercing chair, whatever. And Jim, or the cousin, holds up a mirror, and we see that Simon has pierced his ear. Um, so Side note, we can also see that uh, David Gallagher already has another piercing. And like, when this, I already told, like, this is something we leave for a few, well, anyway, um, that's really the end of this storyline, <clears throat> other than Simon goes home, and Lucy was supposed to be like, not watching him, but he wasn't supposed to go out anywhere. And she finds out, and she's like, oh, mom and dad are going to kill me when they find out that you left the house and I didn't even know, and also that you went and got your ear pierced. Um, and when the Rev and Annie see it, they tell Simon he needs to take it out and let the hole close. Um, and I think in the next episode or whatever, he doesn't have it. Simon doesn't have anything in his ear. But David Gallagher actually did have, like, a pierced ear, and in future episodes, you see him wearing an earring because he didn't want the actual close, like the actual hole that David Gallagher got to close, I guess. So this was strange because the Reverend Annie should have just been like, okay, it's harmless. Like right. it's, an, it's an earring. If at any point in your life you don't want it anymore, just take it out and like the, <laughs> the hole will either close or just be like, whatever. Instead of so, being like, like you absolutely need to take it off, take it out. Especially because it seemed that it, it'll come back. Right, because David Gallagher needed to keep an right. earring in. So, um, so that's really Simon's storyline. Um, but it, you know, he's doing his thing. Yeah. So we'll go to Ruthie and Lucy next, since their storylines are intertwined. Since Lucy decided to be responsible for Ruthie's sleepover, um, we find out that Ruthie does not want. <laughs> A nighttime sleepover. She wants what Lucy coins as a day over, in which um, the girls arrive quite early in the day and end up being there all day and all night. 
Um, this, I will say, was my favorite storyline out of this entire episode, mostly because... I don't know why you like this girl so much. Because of one of the characters that were introduced that we'll never see again. Uh, so, so I, get, I guess we're supposed to gather that it's a Saturday, because... It is a Saturday. Yeah. It's said at some point it's a Saturday. Oh. So, Ruthie invites these girls over. They, they, the first one arrives. Her name is not... Sarah. It's Sarah. Sarah. Um, and they're, like, we first just see her interacting alone with Ruthie, and Ruthie's like, I can't wait for you to meet Rachel. And this girl, Sarah, is like, I don't like children. I like adults. Adults can take you places and have money and can get you into PG-13 movies. Um, so, so then, like, the big reveal of Rachel. Um, Rachel. <laughs> To how to describe Rachel. Um, she is like an old lady. Like <laughs> she, what I like, what I gathered was she was a miniaturized version of one of the housewives on the Real Housewives of whatever county. State, I don't think you. City. I don't think you really understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch a show, so I'm just blatantly what, guessing here. Yeah, you, you, you absolutely are. Um, but she is dressed very much like um, an older lady. She has like fur around her neck and around her like shirt sleeves and she's wearing like jewelry a lot of it i don't know she doesn't dress she's not doesn't look like she's dressed for her age um and the way that she is acting and the way that she says things are very not like a kid would <laughs> yeah like she purses her lips constantly after everything she says Well, she also is like a child act like right she's a bad child actress so she does everything so emphatically and I don't, the only time she, I would say she's like a housewife was when she was like doing the, when she, she was like very, using her arms very emphatically, um, to... Try to be threatening is what, I feel like she was like trying to get into Sarah's face, but the thing is, Sarah is much taller than her. <laughs> like, Rachel, Rachel's a tiny child, and Sarah's not a tiny child. Yeah. Um, so they immediately are at each other's throats. Sarah is like, no, I know Ruthie's favorite color, and Rachel's like, no, I know it, and they're basically trying to say that they are the true, one and only true best friend of Ruthie, while Ruthie's kind of standing in the middle being like, please stop. But not really, because we know Ruthie loves the attention. <laughs> um, I would. <laughs> so... This kind of continues throughout the episode with them at each other's throats. We see them on opposite sides of a table. Um, we see them trying to like be like, you, ha- you have to be the one that leaves. I'm the better friend. There can only be one kind of thing. Um, Lucy eventually just gets fed up with this and says, both of you go. Like, the next time this happens, one of you will be here and the other one won't. Like, you guys are still yeah. her best friends, but we just can't have you around each other. Which I thought was very different to what Seventh Heaven's usual message is. I feel like they try to Which fix things. Which is like, things. yeah, make everybody be friends. I, like, there was no, like, Lucy being an adult and, like, you know, having some words of wisdom and the girls being like, she's right. But instead, Lucy's like, bye, <laughs> like, well, I leave. think it's also just, like, Lucy isn't the Rev yet. Right, The okay. Rev would have tried to make, but she's just, like, fed up and overwhelmed and i don't know maybe um i don't know i I think this was a wise message though because like not everybody has to be friends right right, along and that's just how people are i like that there are true a bunch of people in the world and they don't all get along so no i did i did like it i just thought it was completely not on track for seventh heaven's usual message yeah um lucy storyline like, mostly is just, as we said, about Ruthie. Um, and just more of this, like, she's taking responsibility, she's taking... Which, again, is just totally 
the fact that she, I was waiting for the old Lucy when Annie is like, oh, um, you, we don't, we just can't, you know, you can't have a sleepover tonight. The old Lucy would have been like, I can't, oh, I guess I'll do it because I don't have any plans again on a Saturday. I can't believe it. You right, know? right. But every time she didn't have plans on like a weekend, it was like a crisis in the past. And now she's like, oh, I will take charge in my household. And I don't know. Yeah, she like it. She goes so, so much as to like do the laundry and do household chores while also taking care of the twins, while also taking care of Ruthie and her friends. Um, and the parents are really impressed. And and he's like, "Uh, what are you doing next weekend?" And then we see slightly a slight glimpse of old Lucy, where she's like, "I need a boyfriend." And I was like, "You could also do other things." Right. Right. <laughs> But yeah, that's Lucy. Um, we'll move on to now, I guess, the Rev and Annie storyline. And I feel like this is really the first time we have a Rev and Annie storyline in a while. But it, is it even a storyline? Story. It's more, it's not their storyline. No. Um, so they're like, yippee, we can get out of the house because Lucy's taking care of everything. Let's and, get another hotel. Yeah, we're going to have a Saturday afternoon out on the town, Glen Oak. Um, so... I don't know what they're trying. I don't even know what they wanted to do. If they, they oh they would just <laughs> they wanted to like go to the movies or something. And then Johnny walks out from behind, like walks by them with this other woman. And then there's a weird fence kiss. We see her kissing him, kissing this other woman it's who is not, not Frankie. Frankie. Um, and the Rev is like, oh, that's Johnny. Today's like the first. You know, when I bailed them out last week, um, they agreed to go to some like court mandated counseling for alcohol and drug abuse. Um, so uh, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what he's doing here and I don't know what he's doing with this other woman, but I need to do some work, rev work though, like getting in other people's business, not actual work. Um, so any, poor Annie has to tag along while the rev does his thing, which is mostly just be, being Skulk in disguise. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Being in quote unquote disguise. And by that he, we mean he's wearing a hoodie. Uh, and then hiding behind a menu and drinking out, uh, drinking a bunch of coffee from the pool hall without buying anything else. Um, I know, like that kind of it. It it it, it had no purpose. The, the waitress comes over and she's like, "Oh, I know the menu says free refills, but like I'm gonna have to cut you off." And they were supposed to gather that they've just been there for a while. They've been there a while, but like, didn't wouldn't they get hungry? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they just order some food? That's a really shitty thing to do. Don't go to a restaurant and just hang out and. <laughs> and not, like, if you're not ordering drinks, at least order food. Yeah. Um. So they are spying on Johnny and this chick. Um. We f- and they're like we clearly we know that Johnny is cheating on Frankie because we have plenty of like scenes of them kissing and stuff. Um, it's all about timing, according to the Rev. You have to, like, go up to Johnny at the right time in order to, like, make sure that the message is as clear as possible. So he chooses to go over, I don't know, at some point when Andy's not there. And he's like, hey, you're supposed to be at your court, court appointment counseling. You know, I put my my neck out there for you and this is not the right thing to do. And he's like, oh, I Johnny's like, I don't need it. Like... I'm not, I don't have a problem, uh, which is around the time that Frankie shows up to the pool hall. Frankie is... Oh, we'll get to, yeah, well, like, it doesn't really matter. She's there, she sees, and she's like, earlier in the episode, she expresses to Mary that she thinks that Johnny is cheating on her, so she's like, I knew it, and then 
Um, they have some words. It's like, you ruined my life. No, you ruined my life. And then they just keep yelling back and forth, loser, shut up. Right. <laughs> These are their insults back and forth. Um, and then finally, I wouldn't, it was, I guess it's aggressive just because like Johnny like grabs her collar, but doesn't even seem like he's really, he doesn't like pull or push her towards him. He's just got his hand on her like shoulder. I think the problem there was the way, what he said beforehand. Cause oh, Frankie says, say? you're not going to do anything about it. Oh. And he's like, watch me. And then he like, grabs oh, okay. Her. All I kept hearing was loser. loser shut, shut up. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, after he grabs her collar, the rev kind of steps in the middle and he gets punched in the face because, um, well, Johnny was going to punch Frankie. Uh, and it's, you know, gasp. Everybody, and, and that's like, of course, as Annie walks back in, that's what's happening. Um, everybody in the pool hall kind of turns around. We have uh, one of the pool hall bartenders, the one that's been in every episode since the beginning of the season. <laughs> I, like, he has an actual name. He's credited as something, but he's been there in all of the episodes. So he's like, the Rev, are you okay? <laughs> um, so we get back to them where the Rev kind of has pulled Johnny aside and Annie's pulled Frankie aside and they're both trying to have, like, heart... Counseling to- about, like, the Rev is like, what kind of man do you want to be? This is your wife and the mother of your child. And then Annie is like, why do you put up with this? Because he's so awful to you. Um, like, why, what, what are you going to say to your daughter, Mercy, when she, like... Yeah, she like, when she thing? sees him treating you like this, what is she going to think? She's going to think it's okay for men to treat women this way. And then on the flip side... I don't even know what... And, of course, Frankie is doing, the, like, the thing where she's, like, defending. She's like, oh, but he's really a great husband and a great father, which we have not seen at all. Oh, and Johnny is telling the Rev, oh, but I just get so angry because she calls me these names, she calls me lazy, um, and I just can't... Like, it makes me so angry. But, as you said, he is lazy. He is lazy. We've not seen anything... Like, the episode, the episode, the last episode when we saw them together at the house he was not doing a thing and he was like scoffing every time frankie was like could you do this please um i don't know i i don't know what they were trying to get with this like were they trying to to show us that like both parties are wrong because i saw this very much as like johnny's the worst and frankie (laughs) is just in a shitty situation yeah um the rev also tries to bring this back into like well, you decided to have sex and you should have been prepared for all the consequences that having sex would have including being married and having a child. And he's like, I didn't want a child. I didn't want to get married. She trapped me. And this is what the, the user synopsis was talking about, that, like, Frankie trapped, like, is a trap queen, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Well, yes. <laughs> which is, but, I mean, I don't agree, but whatever. Um, I mean, do I think either of them should be should have a kid? No. But yeah. do I think Johnny is the worst one in the scenario? Yes. <laughs> Um, they, for some reason, decide, I don't know what the fuck they're doing, actually. Well, they're like, okay, we have to, <laughs> they somehow get the Rev and Annie away from each, each other. other. yeah. And they're like, all right, so here's what we have to do. We have to lie to them so that they'll leave us alone, and we'll just tell them that we're going to go to the counseling. Who cares if we ever do? We're not gonna, and then we can live our life happily ever after. So... Uh, Frankie goes over to the Reverend Annie and she's like, you know what? We've really had a change of heart in the past, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and 
you're right. We have to turn our lives around. We're going to go to the counseling. We're going to go into marriage counseling. Yeah. Um, he's promised never to hurt anybody or hit anybody ever again. We're not going to drink or smoke or do anything like that. Everything's going to be better. We're going to communicate more. <laughs> Thank you so much. And we promise not to hang out with Mary until mm-hmm. we're all better. Which is just like... <laughs> Such bullshit! Like the revenant, you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, it's like we believe you. I, but I just don't understand why all of this. Because right before the fight happened, Frankie was saying all the things that Annie was saying to her to Johnny, and then all of a sudden, when Johnny goes to hit her, she's like, "It's okay." <laughs> I mean, I get like that. That's like serious issues with like yeah people staying in abusive relationships. But then, first, but like she just accepts his apology. She's like, "I'm sorry for cheating on you." They kiss and make up, and then they decide that they're gonna go a step further and decide to like, we need to get the Camdens off our asses. Yeah, um, and then like as they're about to leave, Frankie had like a nope. Johnny had a pack of cigarettes on the table, and he like reaches to go get them, and then he's like steps away. <laughs> Like, oh. Because he's a changed man. He's showing. He's really demonstrating it to the Camdens. And this really ends with Annie and the Rev. Oh, I just want to say one more thing. The Rev was not really about this at first for Frankie's sake, because obviously Frankie is the one who's, like, in danger in this whole thing. He's like, when I got them out of, the j- out of jail, that was my reputation that I put on the line, and I need to... It was all about yep. himself, so that's just in character. Um... Um, yeah, th- their main concern at the end was, like, we have to make sure that Mary, like, Mary isn't hanging out with them. But what I, d- like, what we haven't seen so far in this season is, in the background, we ha- clearly have Annie and the Rev, like, concerned about the path Mary is going down. But we don't see either of them attempting to talk to Mary, to, like, see where she is in her life. Like, they don't seem to know anything about her, but every chance they get, they're like... We have to make sure she's she's going she's spiraling or she's friends Wait, with these the weird they people. They just keep saying like, "Oh, she's spinning." Yeah, like that was in one episode. But like nobody's actually talking to Mary, which I think is ridiculous because I feel like this entire show is premised upon talking to your children, right? And I also feel like Mary would respond to somebody like reaching out to her from the conversation she had with Frankie yeah. about like I just feel out of control I just feel like I can't get my life back on track I feel like she would respond to like why can't she tell the Rev- like the Reverend Annie she it seems like they've set up like this hostile environment um, environment where she feels like she can't tell them um, about what's really going on because of the way they like freaked out about everything else um, and I guess since ever since the gym incident it's like she feels um, kind of, like, far away from them. But even after the gym incident, when we had all that shit go down with with Robbie, Robbie. like, she was straightforward and honest with Robbie, like, taking her to have sex, and she, like, went straight home, told him about everything, didn't try to hide that. But now, like, yeah, I think I agree. They've created an environment where she doesn't feel comfortable talking to them. I don't even think, like, I think they don't, I don't know, I get really annoyed that, like, you're trying to create this false conflict where it could very easily be fixed if they yeah. just talk to each other. Um, but whatever. And she's also still living with them, and they've had this very, like, kind of our house, our rules kind of thing with the you have to pay us rent. I'm sure she has not ever paid them rent. Um, like, they were going to play hardball with her to try to get her to go to college, and now it's just like 
they're not even trying to get her to col- to go to college anymore. They're just like, we have to keep her out of prison. <laughs> right. So. I don't. Mm. So we'll go to Mary to see what she's up to uh, in this ar- arc of like character assassination that Seventh Heaven has going on. This is the first episode I feel like in the season that it wasn't totally centered around her. No. Yes. Agreed. Um, so she gets the job babysitting, um, and there are very specific rules, you know, as you do when you're babysitting a child. Um, mm-hmm. one of them is not having anybody else over, no visitors or anything. This gets turned upside down as soon as well, didn't, Frankie calls. Doesn't, I thought first before, um, Mary even goes over there, Frankie asks. Oh yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. If she can watch and. Mary's like, no, I can't. I told my aunt I'd babysit, and she's like, oh, it does. Oh, okay. Number one, Jessica Biel throughout this episode keeps saying aunt in like different ways, though. She she doesn't say it the same way every time, and it always comes out sounding weird and unnatural. And in previous episodes, she used to say aunt instead of aunt. So this is a um, weird acting. So this choice. was just an acting choice on on the part of Jessica Biel. Maybe she thought it sounded more sophisticated or something. Um, so I. Th- I feel like Mary asks Aunt Julie if it's okay. I don't oh, I don't remember that happening, but that could have very well happened. I don't think it did either, but it's just weird because I feel like for some reason No, you're right, because they would have alright, never mind. Um, so she's like, No, I can't do it. So um, she goes, just for because uh, I feel like Aaron didn't say exactly what it was. Um Frankie asked Mary oh, yeah. to uh, babysit Mercy. Because she thought that Johnny was cheating on her. Yes. Yeah. So she wanted to leave the leave. Um, Mercy, Mercy can't be babysat by her mo- by Frankie's mother because Frankie's mother is punishing them for going to jail. Yeah, uh, or being arrested. So she's like, I need to leave Mercy with someone while I spy on you're my husband. My, yeah, you're my only friend. I really need you to help me out with this. So uh, fast forward, uh, Mary is at Aunt Julie and Hank's house. Very um, nice house, by the way. Very yeah. nice house. He's a doctor. <laughs> uh, and she, they're giving her, like, the rundown of, like, this is what you need to do. She's like, it'll all be fine. Bye. Um, they leave, and we get the idea they're still not totally comfortable, but I think we find out it's the first time that Aunt Julie has actually left. Eric. Erica's, like, still a pretty young babe. Cute baby. Um, and good casting here, too. I thought the baby really looked like it could have been Aunt Julie and Hank's daughter so um that everything's going fine and then somebody comes to the door it is frankie by herself <laughs> with a bag with yeah with like a diaper bag and she she basically gives her sob story to mary and mary is like okay fine she's like great i'll get the baby she's in the car so <laughs> and mary, even mary is like wait where is she and she's like oh, i cracked the window so like Another example of Frankie not being a suitable mother. Um, I would we, I would just like to point out, um, reiterate what Aaron said. At first, Mary was very much like, no, 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 no. So we, this is like... So, Peer pressure or, or... I don't know, like, I don't know what they're trying to do here. Um, so I think it's just like right now, at this point, Frankie and Johnny are her only friends as well. Mm. So she's just trying not to, I don't know be on the outs with the them. Rock the boat a bit too much. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, I guess what they're trying to show is that she's so isolated that she's kind of painted, Ch- yeah. painted into these corners where she has to do these things that she necessarily wouldn't do normally. Um, so we the babysitting's going well. We see that Hank and Aunt Julie keep on calling, uh, even 
Annie calls. Uh, everything's going fine. We have some, like, cute babysitting shenanigans with bottles being thrown and food being thrown. But nothing weird until um, Mary looks into the diaper bag that Frankie bought over and there is a beer bottle in it. The next scene we have is... <laughs> Mary sitting on the couch with the beer bottle, like, very dramatically placed on a coffee table and she's just staring at it and she's like... Well, she's opened it, and she's like, I shouldn't drink it. And she's like, oh, but if I don't drink it, it's going to go to waste, and it's just one kind of thing. Um, she seems to know that she shouldn't be drinking now when she's babysitting, but she's like, but I want it. Right, which is the other, like, probably the number one point in this episode that is totally out of character because Mary drank once, and then she got pulled over, and she keeps telling Frankie and Johnny every time they try to pressure her to do something, she's like, last time I didn't follow the rules, I got in trouble. So now we are supposed to believe that she is just so overcome with the need, like she sees this beer and she just can't resist, which, as far as we know, she's only ever had one other drink in her life. So, And so are we to believe that she's having alcoholic tendencies after one drink? Because otherwise, why would anybody want to be drinking beer? Right. Uh, and she hasn't abstained. Like, she's abstained since. since like she exactly. had one beer, and she had other opportunities when she went over to Frankie and Johnny's house for dinner. So, like, she was able to resist then, and they were freely offering it to her. Um, but now in this situation... now when she's babysitting, she's like, I need it. <laughs> so she clearly drinks it. Yeah. Because the next thing we see is Aunt Julie and Hank unable to get in touch with her at the house the like the phone is busy the operator says that it's like off the whatever off the hook off the hook yeah mm-hmm. so they're like oh no we have to leave so they go they leave the gypsy cafe which makes another appearance in this episode yeah um and they go home they don't see anybody at first and all they see is two babies on the ground <laughs> an so empty beer bottle one of the phones i guess the baby pulled like, it, pulled the cord um and it's never explained why Mary is upstairs and the babies are just alone on the on the floor. It's never explained what she was doing or why it got like that. Maybe she was so drunk she needed to lay down. I or she was throwing up upstairs. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, that's never explained. We don't under- quite understand. Or like that time that like the phone was off the hook and she was away from the babies is not explained at all. Um, <laughs> it's just like the worst case, you know, how bad could they make things look for when um, uh, Aunt Julie and Hank got home? That's it. Um, Mary lies and says that she didn't drink the beer that Frankie did um, and that she left it out. And we're like, Aunt Julie and Hank don't necessarily believe her, but it could be true because Mary didn't look drunk. Um, she is apologizing, but like clearly like it's, you know, she got caught. She fucked up. Um, and and she's like, don't tell anyone though. Yeah. She's like, it's just in one incident. Like after, like I I swear everything's fine. Like nothing happened, blah, blah, blah. And Angela's like, no, it isn't one incident because you've got these friends who were arrested and now like, I don't know what, what to believe or what you're doing with them, but now you're drinking and I was an alcoholic, and I don't know, she was, like, conf- you know, just being, like, conflicted about, like, uh, I feel like you might actually be in trouble, but I also want to be, like, your cool aunt. <laughs> um, so she has that little struggle, and then Mary goes home. Um, and then we see, like, the last, one of the last scenes. 
She doesn't go home. She goes to Frankie and because oh, yeah. she needs to take I the lied. baby. She oh yeah, mercy. She's, 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 she still has mercy. Well, she doesn't have a car seat either. She, she has a two seater <laughs> sports car. She's putting the baby in the front seat, presumably. Um, so she goes to Frank. Yeah, she goes to Frankie and Johnny's, and they're like, they tell her everything that happened. The fir- I think the first line we get is like, "You punched my dad." Yeah. Um, and they're like, "Yeah," and we told your parents we, that we wouldn't hang out with you anymore. Blah, 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 but, um, and then they're like, here, do you want to, like, relax or whatever? And she's like, I can't have, again, doesn't she refuse a beer? Yeah. She refuses a beer because she's like, I have to drive, um, and last time I got pulled over or whatever, and they're like, okay. Presumably she drove there, though, and she had a beer before that. Maybe, what the fuck maybe is- she was babysitting all day and she had the beer early enough in the day that she was like, I'll be fine. But, or she was brushing her, maybe she was brushing her teeth upstairs. That's, oh, that's maybe what it was. Mm. <laughs> um... So they're like, okay, what about this? And they open this little, like, weed box, because that's exactly what, yeah. if I saw it in a store, I'd be, what's like, this the, the Adam Sandler movie where he's like, you can store your weed in there. Adam I know. Movies. It's like one that, like, everyone's seen, though. It's kind of like the one, there's one. Um, Big Daddy. No, it's one where he's just, like, supposed to be, like, a stoner, and he works in a store or something, and everything they look at, and he's like, you know, you can keep your weed in there. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, so anyway, they take out this box and they pull out like a pre-rolled joint and they're like, it takes the edge off and it doesn't like, you won't get out of control like with alcohol. And they hold it up and Mary looks at it like again, like it's, you know. Well, first we have Mary going, you were supposed to stop smoking. This is oh, how you yeah. got arrested. Like she's very much, I, this is what I resisting. don't. Resisting. Yeah, she's very much resisting. So I do appreciate the fact that we don't have her saying yes immediately to these things, and she's clearly having some sort of dilemma. But eventually they're like, we're just going to finish the stash, and once the stash is done, then we're done. You know, and Mary's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And the very last scene is her, like, looking at the, um, what, spliff? The joint? The joint, yeah. The spliff. <laughs> the joint, and then it, like, kind of fades to black, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. What well, before that, we do see... Julie and Hank talking about whether or not to tell the Reverend Annie. Hank is very much on the, we need to tell them because if she is out of control and something happens, then we'll have to deal with having known, um, like, about this incident. And Aunt Julie is kind of still like, uh, it might not be that bad. So so we don't actually know what happens. Will the Camdens find out? Will Mary smoke? But in this, other than right in the beginning when... Aunt Julie needs someone to babysit. Again, Mary doesn't even interact with the Camerons. Nope. Um, so apparently this is the end of Frankie and Johnny, though. We will not be seeing them again. Uh, apparently Johnny does come back later on in the season, but this is the end of this arc. So uh, we're assuming things continue to go. Well, hopefully things go uphill without this kind of peer pressure going on in Mary's life, but maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. What else? Do you have any other thoughts about this episode before we rate it? Uh, I really like the next one. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, look out. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this, though, and though. I'll give it a 3.5. Oh. Middle of the road. Why not? It's, it is, was pretty, in terms of, it's, it, the season four episodes were, were, like, great, but, uh, these ones have kind of just been, like, the building, the building, the building, and... I'd rather see more, um, it's building on, like, kind of silly things or things that, it's not that interesting. Mary's storylines are like, oh, she's in trouble, but it's not, like, so dramatic 
in my opinion. So um, I'd rather see, like, other characters getting more screen time with, like, different storylines than continuing to just see everybody else off doing these random things and then, like, and look at Mary. I want to give this a 5.5 because Whoa. I thought, yeah, this was a good episode for me. I, um, I... You like the hair. I like the hair, and by liked, I mean I hated. I uh, had an emotional reaction to the hair. Um, I, no, I, I really liked Simon's storyline. I really liked Ruthie's storyline. Um... I liked that we got. I, I'm. I had. I feel a, a kind of way about Mary and the way she's being portrayed. Um, in that, like, I hate that the writers are doing the thing that they're supposed to be doing, which is making me dislike her. Um, and I don't want to feel that way because I know that it's like very much written that way, and it's not just. This is like not Mary, like Mary, not like Mary at all. Uh, but yeah, no, this was a good episode for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so if you want to hear my take on next Wednesday's episode, um, you can listen to us on soundcloud.com backslash camcast or on the Apple iTunes podcast app. We are putting up um, screenshots um, and things on our social medias. As we do every week, yeah. Uh, On Instagram and Twitter, that's at camdencastshow, and on Facebook, just camdencast. Thank you for listening. I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. And this is Camden Cast. <laughs>